Seven is a number, both prime and divine. Seven yeah. is a number, both prime and divine. Seven is a do. number, both prime All and divine. Seven is a number, Check both prime and divine. United like the Justice League, we unlimited. Five transformed into seven, magnificent amalgamation. Super Saiyan, we ain't playing. 106.5 is the radio station. Triple Nation is the name of the tribe. 610-267-215. All around the globe in every area code. Online, on air, whatever the mode. Days and nights, live or recorded. Listeners rewarded with the rawness. Keeping it flawless like a Batman plan. Jedi flips or a Spider-Man handstand. Peace to every geek we stand for. From Kronos to the bottom city of Candor. We about to catch wreck. Turn up your set, black triples on deck. Y'all know what time it is. Black triples in your area. Let's go. Hey there, hi there, ho there, cats and kittens, children of all ages. Yurt. And you, you, you too. Welcome to. <laughs> Welcome to another Thursday, and that means it's another brand spanking new edition of your Triple. <laughs> yeah. <Ow>. Meow. <laughs> My name is Len, aka the Bat Triple. How you doing? And as always, I am joined by her. Hi, it's me, the Horror Triple, your favorite good ghoul gone bad, final girl, talking spooky stuff. I am here, and I am not a cat. (laughs) I just gotta get that that out there. I don't know what that's a reference to. (laughs) We will find out in a moment, but first we have to introduce ourselves to her. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your girl, Kennedy, also known as that Mikey Chick, better known as the Storm Triple, coming to you live from the 215, your everyday Phillies Bay. Hey, look, I actually had pants on this time. Hmm. <laughs> 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 I know, right? <laughs> Care. That's what happens when we do the show early. Next thing we have... <laughs> and we have this fellow... Yert, what's the deal? It's your man, R. Son, the voice of reason, a.k.a. the Super Triple, the Rand of Steel, the comic book Jedi, the Malcolm Comics and Coffee House, a.k.a. Dr. Shivago, jumping out of planes, strapped to a bomb. What's up? <laughs> That's a whole different doctor, but whatever. Strange love, Shivago, same dude. Well, Randy, I just would like, for me, what I'm seeing on your screen looks like there is some sort of entity inhabiting (laughs) your screen. It's like, is that a ghost? Let's pick it up. It, it looks like literally living Kirby crackles going on in the back of you. Dog, you know how I live. Yeah, you know I mean, <laughs> Kirby dots going on back there. <laughs> okay. The multiverse is peeking through my window. All right. That's the bleed. This multiverse. I like that. Perched on my window. Speaking <laughs> of a Malcolm Comics and Coffee House, ladies and gentlemen, we have. What's up, good people? It's your friendly neighborhood comic and coffee slinger, your girl, the Amalgam Tribble, a.k.a. Uncanny Tribble, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy Tribble. Show Show up. Up. In the Show building. Up. And we got, 
We have a fun show for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, as we are going to be introducing you to the world of Stranger Comics. And the world of Stranger Comics is brought to you by this handsome, hairy man right here. Introduce yourself to the Tribble Nation. Um, I definitely, uh, hopefully, I've got the glow. Uh, my name is Sebastian Jones. I'm the founder of Stranger Comics. And tonight, I'll be lock, stock, and two smoking tribbles. Oh! Wow! Okay, nice he's going to slide a Guy Ritchie reference nice in there. Nice one. Very nice one. Okay. I'm going to slide wow. that in there. I, I would. Oh, ooh. Ooh. That was nice. Mm. That was good. Mm. Mm. <laughs> 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 Well done, Sebastian, and thank you for taking the time to sit with us to talk about Stranger Comics, your incredible, and I do mean incredible, line of comics featuring none other than Niobe, which we will be talking about tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to all of you out there watching us, streaming live on Facebook and on YouTube. What's up to Robert Monroe in the chat and everyone joining us at this very special hour? We usually broadcast at 9 p.m., but we are broadcasting at 7.30 p.m. Uh, this evening. What's up, Tribbles? How y'all doing? Man. Yes. Yes. Yes, Sam. Yes. Uh, um, uh, Kennedy, I want to uh, call to your attention, if you, if you have uh, not noticed it uh, recently, but I immediately noticed it upon the entrance of our horror Tribble onto our stream today, Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. lovely Gabe mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. has, um, how should we put it? She is ready for her close-up, if you will. She is nicely, her hair is nicely laid. She's got the nice little, uh, there, pop, 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 see her little, little. Uh... Well, her laid edges. Gabe is from <laughs> Florida. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know why. You're surprised. I gotta put that out there. <laughs> I mean, I do not I'm, claim Florida. <laughs> maybe I'm not, Cal, but uh, them, them some uh, Miami edges. That's <laughs> that is definitely the Orlando swirl. I know a, <laughs> I know a, a regional uh, grooming tactic when I see one. There's normal laid edges, and then there's like Florida laid edges. They got like art and shit. Phenomenal. <laughs> exactly. Impressed. She is uh, she is definitely on, on, on point. I like this. I mean, she used to come in with like, you know, all the horror and the, the skull and, and crossbones. Now she's okay. She's trying to step up. Yeah, decent, in the building. I think it's interesting that you would bring up uh the 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 high levelness of, of Gabe's laid edges on the heels of the fantastic news that one Tessica Brown is okay, y'all. Gl- Gorilla Glue Girl is no more. <laughs> she is yeah. okay. Um, I refuse to give that girl time. I'm not clicking on that. It's like, you no. Know- I was about to say, screw all the people that have been giving her shits for for trying to be on trying to be creative in a pinch um, because now not only have we found the solution to uh, breaking the bonds, the compound of one Gorilla Glue. But this <laughs> solution was not only developed um, by Dr. Michael Obeng, say his name, 
Uh, but it was also the surgery was performed for free, poor bono, pro, pro bono, uh, four hour procedure that he managed to uh, infuse the solution that he developed because he has a chemistry background. He wasn't just a plastic surgeon. That wasn't enough. No, he had to be a chemist, too, um, and developed the solution to the problem, administered the solution to the problem and sent her on her merry way. Okay, but, um, but first, let's let people who may not know exactly why was this pro bono surgery needed for one Miss Brown. So what happened was <laughs> <laughs> all of y'all with type three hair and above can relate, right? I cannot relate to the need for Gorilla Glue, but go on. I personally have a hair type that does not lay down for any man-made creation. This is pure Wakanda. Don't let the lack of melanin fool you. Um, but there are some people in the diaspora that lay down their edges, okay? Um, a popular product is called Gorilla Snot, which is supposed to be a very, you know, strong, no-rub, uh, you know, can, can you gel. Me, let me just write this down. Gorilla what? Snot. Okay. Snot. <laughs> Okay, cool. Right, and she apparently had run out of her regular edge oh. control. Okay, <laughs> regular, yeah, right. Her regular, it's not her regular so, so, edge control. Yeah, right, right. Uh -huh. And in a, in a rush, right, <laughs> she grabbed the first bottle she saw, which said and gorilla. So she was thinking it was gorilla. It's not. No, no, ma'am. That is gorilla glue, the professional <laughs> high grade adhesive that can put a house together if, if you needed to. Wait, so I have a follow-up question, because as I said, I just did not have the energy. I just, I was like, I can't. But did she accidentally buy Gorilla Glue versus Gorilla Snot? Because those are in different That's aisles. Cool. Yeah, very and different. Then, and then even if they were in your house, why is your, why is your house maintenance thing the, with your hair stuff? The Gorilla Glue was underneath the sink next to her other beauty products. Apparently someone in the house had used Gorilla Glue to seal some type of plumbing issue because that's what it's for. That's right. what it's for. But so, that's what under the sink is for. Under the sink is for stuff like Gorilla listen, Glue. Listen, not, every, not everybody's bathroom Got cabinets? Got cabinets, all right? Stop <laughs> judging her. Now, in the quest for the perfectly laid edge, Miss <laughs> Brown secured, she just in a quick Grab the product, and let me tell y'all. When I tell you that shit was laid, huh, honey, <laughs> that shit was laid. Okay, it was it about was laid. It was laid. Everything was snatched. Her hopes and dreams were snatched in this <laughs> in this perfect quaff. Okay. Then came the time to take that shit out, and that's when she realized <laughs> just where she fucked up. <laughs> so the whole internet clowned her for a good week or so. Because, you know, no one else has ever made a mistake. No one has ever made a mistake ever in life. You are all absolutely supremely perfect beings who have never done anything stupid, like accidentally put Icy Hot on a toothbrush or something. Y'all are perfect people. Perfect. The internet roasted believe, her. This is not Kennedy. This is what? not Kennedy. Who is listen. Giving, is giving listen. the woman to put Gorilla Glue in her hair. A pad. Here's, 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 here's why. Because Black women go through enough 
we go through enough collectively and individually. Apparently, homegirl had enough shit on her mind where she wasn't paying the fuck attention, okay? I'm not gonna fault her for that. She was probably suffering from all of the problems and complications of systemic oppression and all of the injustices <laughs> therein. She was preoccupied with what they about to do on the Capitol when it comes to that orangutan that we just got out of office. She was preoccupied about the kids that are still in cages, even though your boy Biden said he was gonna handle that. She was preoccupied Occupied about all the trans women your girl Kamala Harris sentenced to men's prisons. Okay, homegirl had other things on her mind. That's all. Foremost on her mind. That's all. The best part is, not only did it reveal people who (laughs) presume themselves to be completely infallible (laughs) and and never, you know, make mistakes ever in life. Um, she also managed in an indirect way to find a solvent to break the bonds of Gorilla Glue. So Dr. Obeng is uh, a hero. We stand king-like behavior in this house. Um, and the community came through. So, you know, y'all want to make fun of her for making mistake? I want you to show me where in the course of your life you've never effed up before, because I've effed up before several times. So I, you know, want to know whose perfect glass house is all these uh, stones coming from. I want y'all to handle some Windex first. Well, I mean, I think the point there, though, is not that you don't, not that we don't. We're good tonight, Lynn, as far as uh, rating. We've already blown that. Did we? (laughs) Some who cursed. Oh, well, I didn't curse. I didn't hear any cursing. But anyway, but but like, but But like, who the fuck makes the... (laughs) (laughs) Are you done, Lynn? <laughs> Thank yes. you. No, I'm just saying, but like, okay, so you fuck up, but who puts that on social media? I feel if like she, if she hadn't put it on social media, who knows how quickly she it would have gotten across the desk of Dr. Obeng. Mm-hmm. It's true. It, it did get to the doctor. I'm that just quick as hell. Okay. She would have had to pay for consultations. She would have had to pay for airfare to get him out there. I mean, who knows who handled all that stuff? you know, in reality anyhow. But, you know, all these jokes in the comments, apparently ain't none of y'all ever messed up before in life. My dad was probably 50-some years old that time he accidentally put Icy Hot on his toothbrush. My you know what? Older... Is he still alive? He's yes. still alive, but he had, to call, okay. he had to call poison control. Yeah, and now that we know he's okay and he's alive and everything is taken care of, it's fucking funny. That, that's right, that's, that, look, once everybody's okay, once you good and you handled and everything is taken care of. But but that's the difference, Randy, right? That's the exact difference. The internet did not give her a chance to make sure she was okay before they started coming for her. Because the internet does that. Well, first well, of all, the thing is, I mean, they're going to they do that anyway. Like, all right, she handled, cool. Now, she all right? Listen, all this did... If you're not ready, if you're not ready to, to 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 crack a smile on this one, I mean, she obviously was almost there when when you know posting the thing in the first place. My point is, people always like to get in this bag of oh, you're too sensitive, oh, you need to toughen up, oh, well, whatever happened to holding people accountable for being compassionate, decent human beings, and forgiving of someone making an honest, unfortunate mistake. I I have a I have a story. I I fucked up. I think. Quite, quite as badly. So I was on the phone. Um, I, was, I was out in America and I was on the phone with this um, lady in England, this friend of mine. And um, 
I was lying on the carpet, I was moving, and my ex had a pot of uh, nail polish remover. And I'm I'm so not, I have no fucking clue when it comes to any of that cosmetic magical stuff. So I'm like, oh, look at this, pot, nail, nail polish remover. And I'm lying on the ground and I see a sponge in it. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. And I look up like this and all the liquid of nail polish remover came and went whoosh. Like right up my nose, right in my eyes, in my mouth, down my throat, and I and I just uh, had a. I just said something to this lady down the phone, and I, and I went to go. Hang on a second, I just swallowed nail polish, but I couldn't say anything because I was I was dying, and so I couldn't say anything. I couldn't say hang on, and I put. And so now I'm staggering around the room with no breath, going. I can't believe the way I'm going to fucking die is <laughs> because I swallowed all this nail polish. I, and, and I saw my ex at my funeral wearing black with lace. I saw this perfectly shaped breast. I like life flashing before your eyes. I remember the video game I hadn't completed. It was like, words I didn't know on the guitar, like all the shit like this. I'm like, and I'm going to fucking die. And then right at the last minute, I went, and I, I just caught my breath. I felt like I probably had about 10 seconds left. And I was like, and I went, I just swallowed now. <laughs> Hung up the phone. And then for the next, I don't know, for the rest of the day, I looked in the mirror and my eyes were demon red, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, it, it was just, and the snot was just, it, it was just brutal. It was absolutely brutal. So, yeah, you know. Uh, did you did you did you flush your face with clear water? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I went in the shower. I did you like, call poison control? Yeah, I did all that shit. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> God. And, and I um and literally, you know, when you, if you go into the sea and you you're upside down and water goes up your nose, that I had feeling. To, yeah, I had to force that up my nose, the water to flush out the the sheer agony of someone. It was like someone had taken like um said fuck it, and they went. I'm going to take a, a lighter and just put it right up both nostrils. And then it, it, I was on in fuego. I mean, it was a nightmare. So I was constantly trying to drown myself to get it out. So, and um, if Twitter was, this was a while ago, I'm 47 now. So um, if Twitter was around back then, would I have tweeted it? Yeah. You wouldn't have had to worry about breathing and finding the words to actually look for help, right? I mean, I could have tweeted it while I was dying. I can't believe this is um, this is how I'm going out like an absolute sucker. Yeah, it would have. Um, so yeah, you know, you know, shit happens. It was def it was definitely a bit, an epic fail. But it was a fascinating thing too, because when I got into a fight with this bloke the last time I got into a punch up, I remember going, "Oh, this is happening," and the same perfect breast crossed my vision. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, love how, I love how you like kind of slid that in there the first time. Like none of us heard you actually. Well, who is the owner of the perfect breast? Yeah, like, yeah. What is, is it exactly. your perfect and how breast that... that you've managed, or have you seen this breast before? I need to know more. Is it an aspiration? It, it, I I like to think I might have seen one before. <laughs> you saw the one that flashed. Just um, one, I, not I, the set. It, just it, one. You know, ironically, it it was just one. It was um, it was the <laughs> left. Yes, my right and the left. Okay. Um, I don't know why. You know, I don't know why it leaned in that direction. You know, to the left, to the left. I don't know. Um, maybe I haven't seen it before. Maybe, you know what? It's quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't even yeah. remember what. Uh, Breast yeah, look like. Well, yeah. What is a? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe I just make this whole shit up. It's just I don't even know. <laughs> The, the, quest, the quest for the perfect breast. Um, Gabe from G Town Radio from Stepping Into Tomorrow texts me just now, guys, and says, You probably can't see my comment, but I feel you. Thank you, Gabe. <laughs> that's all. I don't, I don't care about Gabe. I didn't even know I had his number, y'all. I'm all kinds. I feel that's actually kind of lit. <laughs> Listen, that's the first time I ever heard from him. I had to, mm-hmm. unless he said Gabe from G Town Radio. I was about to be like, why is Gabe texting me when she could just hit me up in the in the chat? I don't understand. What is this? <laughs> why? What is? What? Why so extra? <laughs> God damn, Gabe, that shit is late. Hold on, turn your head again. <laughs> Look at this. No, it's, it's just, it's shaved. No, so no, 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 no. Turn your head. head. Look, look, like, you got, you got to give us a profile. Look at that. Look at that. Gabe, that's cut. It's just shaved there. So it just looks like this. This is natural. That is, that is the Vulcan Chola undercut special. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That is, we sat down and said, let me get the Vulcan Chola number 38, please. And thank you. I love it. I'm well, jealous. We're in quarantine, so we have Mike to thank for my hair styling of at least shaving. She sat down home. and said, "Hey, babe, give me the Vulcan Chola number 38." Yeah, he, was like, <laughs> he was like, Mike was like, "Oh, for a second there, I thought she was going to ask for 37." I was about to be like, "Listen, there's some things I just can't do." <laughs> I love that you trust Mike to cut your hair. Yes. He trusts me to do it. We have, listen, you got to really build trust. It's just the two of us in this abandoned wasteland of our apartment. <laughs> you just really got to learn to get over some stuff. And if it messes up, it's like, who's going to see me? I wear a hat, which is why I don't understand why she ran out of her Gorilla Grillo and didn't grab a hat. <laughs> That's what I do. I don't understand why a hat wasn't an option, but it's fine. We don't know. She could have been an essential worker, had to do her hair. That's true. Okay. That's true. That's true. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Just saying. And we have said it's fine. Well, I'm glad that she was able to get it straightened out for her. Yes. I'm glad she didn't lose pieces of her scalp in the process. And you know what, though? I was thinking, isn't that the solution? Just wait for it to grow out and then a barber can get, uh, you know, get a, a razor up under there. No, 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 no. no. If the no, adhesive no. seals on the on the scalp, the pores wouldn't have been able to oh. one breathe to yeah. produce oh. the actual her hair, hair would have grown back into her brain and mm. killed her. I don't know if that's a real thing. Well, that would have been a crazy way to die. It's like I can't believe I died a slow, painful. My hair grew back into my scalp. Death. It grew, yeah, grew my skull and crushed my brain. That's and wild. plus, she she thought that she was going to have to wear wigs for the rest of her life. Like she had already resolved herself to be like, well, this is my f up. So. Just saying. Not that there's anything wrong with wearing wigs, but look, there are that always... man, that man, that man potentially saved her endocrine system. There are always cautionary tales. There is a a, a show on Netflix that is called Botched Bodies. You know, no one stop getting people to stop trying to make this a thing. No one right. is going to watch this terrible thing that you try to make us watch. Y'all don't watch this show, y'all. Don't yeah, do it. Yeah, you have brought this up before. And it's I remember horrifying. there was there was no interest, Lynn. Not even 
not even <laughs> like little to no interest. It was just I'm no not interest. Up, I'm not bringing it up to tell you to watch it. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you mm-hmm. about cautionary tales. This mm-hmm. was in it. This woman, a young, uh, a black hairdresser in Atlanta who was in her 30s, maybe even early 40s, lived her entire life, successful woman, but never liked the shape of her behind and went and wanted to get silicone and silicone injections into her buttocks. And long story short, a year later, she had to have her hands and her feet removed because of the damage caused by that. So I'm just saying it's cautionary tales out there. You know, especially so, the butt injections. One. Those are the most dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're not really. Well, they were using all kinds of lunacy for that stuff. They were using motor oil and they were shopping yeah. at the same place. This chick were. they were at Lowe's <laughs> trying to get the body, <laughs> body stuff done. There's actually a scene and she's got to have it. The the series, the first season yeah. where where one of the characters like does that, like gets, um, I guess, uh, what's the stuff that comes in the pump? Like that you put in the gun, caulk. It's silicon. It's caulk. Silicon, yeah, yeah, like silicon caulk or something like that. And like it exploded. Like she fell and then it exploded. Yes. And you know what though? Like real talk, I wasn't even like, oh man, why you silly girl? Why would you do that? I actually started like crying because I was like, again, the pressure on black women to look a certain way. Cause if we got the ass, we people got something to say. If we don't got the ass, people got something to say. And so it just it actually that actually really made me upset because she did it because she wanted to dance. And um, I guess Fat Joe's character, I think, is the dude in it, was like, Oh girl, you ain't got the body for that. And so now she putting plastic in her ass. It's like, girl, you fine. It's fine. Which was interesting coming from Fat Joe. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Don't be talking about Don Cartagena. No. <laughs> <laughs> my um my older sister in a rush had taken nair instead of the moose because it was both <gasps> like that foam oh, and yeah. put it like and then like i just looked at her because i was like brushing my teeth and i was just like no, no and she was like absolutely terrified like her i think she, most of her hair was still there if anything she lost very little but i couldn't <laughs> stop laughing for for months after that i mean yeah it's funny it is funny after the fact Yes. Um, I have a story that involves a baby rolling down the steps. And at the time, it was terrifying. But when I think back on it, I can't help but laugh because he rolled down the steps like a log. (laughs) So so on every rotation, I could see his face. (laughs) And he was like, (laughs) so every time I was like, oh my God. But it was scary because I saw it happening. And I went to grab, like, I saw him and I went to grab him and I literally just missed him and he just tucked and rolled. And so I was like, oh my God. But once he, you know, hit the bottom and and you realize, okay, he's fine. I was like, okay, excuse me. I'm going to need a minute. And I had to leave the room because I needed to laugh about that. Like a little log. Like a little log. That's only funnier when it's your own son. (laughs) Because when Aaron was, he was maybe one and a half, he was trying to get down the steps and his cousin, who was three or four at the time, she just didn't feel like waiting. She was like, whoop. And here he come. I was like, oh, dear Lord, that's my child rolling down the stairs. (sighs) 
I picked him up. He was all right. And uh, my niece, she got she got her first beating for that. And <laughs> once, one I, you know, I, I had him. I had him. He was okay. He was all right. Yo, I was weeping, laughing like, oh boy, <laughs> you just <laughs> rolled down the steps like, yo, it was like an action movie. I was like, oh, good lord, Jesus, <laughs> this, this just happened. Hmm. He all right? No hospital. All right, cool. Worst and then it's ever. and then it's hilarious. And then it's uh, exactly true. Exactly true. Um, all worst right. Ever. <laughs> no, you're not. There's trust me. There's plenty, plenty worse. Um, I had a question I wanted to put out to you, Tribbles. I don't know if you you've read this uh, recently, but you're all aware of the movie The Best Man, right? Mm-hmm. And then the sequel, The Best Man, <laughs> The Best Man, The Bester Man, <laughs> The More Best. <laughs> The, the bestest, the be best man, the best of 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 the If I could scat, I would have. <laughs> I can't scat, so I, that was my attempt. The be that bop bop and even the bop bop man. You crazy kids in your lyrics. Um, the 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 sequel is called the best man. Uh, holiday. Holiday, right? Best man holiday. Fast two periods. <laughs> <laughs> the best man, Sean Hobbs. <laughs> the best man colon ghost protocol. Whatever the next. <laughs> the, the, the best man. The best man. I am black Superman. <laughs> the best Favorite man. Line from Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Best man, first contact. <laughs> the, the, the return of the best man. The best oh, man. The best man in the temple of doom. <laughs> she said, go on without me. <laughs> So anyway, so there is going to be a sequel to these movies, but it's going to be, it's, I can't look at her. I know. Oh God, I'm crying. We need to do more shows at 7.30. Y'all are never, <laughs> never this awake. And oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> they're doing a sequel to the, to, the, uh, to the movies, but it's going to be a series. It's going to be a television series, or, well, streaming uh, <laughs> series, on uh, uh, called The Best Man, The Final Chapters. <laughs> <laughs> That is a little epic. (laughs) The the final chapters, book three. (laughs) Oh, God, the best man in the Sorcerer's Stone. (laughs) The best man in the Order of the Phoenix. (laughs) The best man, Insurrection. (laughs) Oh, I like that one, actually. (laughs) Oh, God. So, oh God! Anyway, <laughs> to bring it to, into the geeky sphere, I was wondering 
if there is there a movie franchise or a movie that maybe didn't get a franchise that was worthy of a franchise or whatever that you would like to see continued as a streaming series in some way, shape, or form. Does it have to be a movie or can it be a, a series that just didn't go the distance? It could be a series that maybe didn't go to this. But uh, Kennedy is first with her hands up. I I put some time into this. <laughs> um, I was thinking of it more as a as another film installment, but I think a series would be more impactful, um, and that would be Doctor Short Round Woo and the Return of Lost Treasure. And it's a series of Shawan Woo, aka Short Round, as you peasants know him. Uh, it's a heist series where he goes into all the museums, steals artifacts from, you know, pillage and plunders and colonized peoples and returns them to their countries of origin. And on his way out, as he's giving the finger or two fingers, you know, if you're from over there, um, to the to the fuzz and stuff, he goes, this doesn't belong in a museum. Do you, do you know that's... Um... There's a there's a comic series by Jace uh, by Uraeus, um, aka Jason Wise, who's the founder of Black Heroes Matter, and that's that's what his um, what his whole project is about. Um, this character that goes in and goes to museums and returns stuff to their rightful places. What is it called? Um, it's called uh, Jason Wise. J oh, that's, the, that's the that's 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 Uraeus. Yeah, we know him. Uraeus, yeah. He's Jason Wise. The title, oh, the, oh, oh the character, the character, the, the character. character. I'm pretty sure the character is the name of the the name of the title. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. we, yeah, we, uh, Uras and I, we're working on a couple of couple of things. It's so funny you brought it up. We're working on a couple of things together. He's a lo lovely man. Yeah. Nice. I mean, Jason Wise can get on this anti heist action too. You know what I mean? <laughs> it can be like a conglomerate of um, marginalized anthropologists or, you know, human scientists on this quest to return sacred artifacts, cultural, you know, yeah, pieces and hand them back to the people that crafted them. His, his, his um, mythos for it is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it should uh, um, pick his brain about it. You, you're, you're on the same on the same wavelength. It's, um, but his mythos for it is, is fantastic. And he's been developing that for many, many years. And um, yeah. Yeah, I wish I could say more, but yes, but yeah, she chat to him about it. That was the idea behind the the campaign that I ran with you all, where it was like the reverse Indiana Jones, where we oh wow, protecting artifacts. Right. You guys, you guys played D and D and that kind of stuff. Is that what you were saying? <laughs> Actually, just, just, <laughs> in case, just in case you want to get some Niobe Pathfinder into your D and D action, you can. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, okay. oh, that's really cool. So, because I am the DM, you know. Wow. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Very I, I, nice. I, I think so. DM. I, oh, that's your oh. triple designation. That's your triple designation. Carpe DM. That's pretty dope. Oh, that is dope. That's really dope. That's that's extra dope. Oh, sh that is dope. Oh, I wow. like that. Okay. Shameless plug. Right, I mean, you know, I mean, I have it slightly within reach. Just, I, I don't know how you triples get down. You know, I just, uh, I'm, I'm surrounded in dice and books and 
network. One of us. One of us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> well, we might be hitting you up about that before the before the night is over. Um, did anyone else have an 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 idea of? I, you know mine. Yes, we know. We're, we're going to save yours for last, Brandy. But uh, Ariel had a series she wanted to propose. Yeah, I just I feel like uh, gargoyles deserve better. Mm. I want I want the Goliath Chronicle struck from the record, and let's you know begin again after Avalon. Like let's fix it. I feel like there were still so many stories to tell. I think the Gargoyles universe is just, was just a really robust universe that was limitless in potential. Um, especially what I really enjoyed when they were doing Avalon is that you get to see the gargoyles and other cultures. So we get like uh, uh, Amazonian representation and Japanese representation and even like the, the British gargoyles like Griffin. I, I was like, oh, my God, that's dope. And it was just this beautiful thing because, again, they existed in this world where they they thought they were the last and they aren't. Right. You know, right. even to know there's their gargoyles, the the rookery, the babies survive. Like, like what's going? You know, like how did uh, Angela and Gabriel grow up? Like it would have just, it would have just been, it would just be dope if they did that. Disney Plus, if you're listening, because <laughs> I would give, I would give you money for that. Well, they don't need money. To, 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 <laughs> they don't. But the last thing they need is money. But um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I like, I do like that. I do like that, especially because I actually. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched a lot of the first season of Gargoyles and forgot like how really good that was story-wise. Like it was really like intricate storytelling, and and I did see some uh, Gargoyle Chronicles for some reason. I forget why I had to watch that, and I was like, oh, this was a mistake. Um, (laughs) It was a mistake. It's definitely a mistake. Um, Now, do you want it to be animated? I do. I just think. It, it animated first of all we're familiar with those characters it's like i i want to see the animated characters i i love the character designs you know um yeah i, I so i i want to see that and i think being in animated gives them the ability to do more you know live action comes with limitations because there's a budget but but you, but you can draw anything you know so i think the yeah. the the world gets bigger when you animate it yeah, All and right. it needs to stay. <clears throat> excuse me, two D animation as well. I don't want any weird ass. Yeah, right. Three D rendering of of these characters because they really they yeah, yeah because uh-uh. because kind of like how the Simpsons looks weird in three dimensions, how those characters look a little yeah, off. Yeah. The the action figures for gargoyles towed the line between being cool action figures and being a little weird because of how their proportions are realized in three dimensions. Like Brooklyn looked extra weird to me in, in action figure form, but he was one of the coolest looking gargoyles in my opinion. So yeah, give me old school. If you can reboot DuckTales in 2D animation with a little flash vectoring here and there, you could do gargoyles the same way. I want to say, I think I have not seen a whole bunch of gargoyles action figures, but I have a Demona that I actually think looks really good. So I wonder if that's a different series or, you know. Demona looked good. You could tell which ones they put the effort into. Demona looked good. All of the the, uh, Goliath variants were good figures. Um, But Bronx looked weird. Brooklyn looked weird. Elisa looked weird. So, uh, you know, I would rather... 
them because because there's this weird trend in Hollywood where they want to reboot all of our things, all of our childhood character well, tropes, and then give them PTSD teenager angst. And we don't really <laughs> need that in this case. Just give me just like you say, sprinkle little other cultures with gargoyles in there and and structure the world that way. Don't put no 3D rendering on my shit. And you better cast Keith David again. No, it it needs to be everyone. If you know, uh, God willing, they're still with us. It needs to be everyone because I like the voice cast is just amazing. Like I, mm-hmm. everything about that show was just so well done. That is why Goliath Chronicles hurt so much because it was like, what did you do to something that was like damn near perfect? So, Sebastian, do you remember Gargoyles? Were you a fan of that series? I, I remember it briefly. Um, I don't, you know, my brain is just a sieve. Um, so it just things flow through. I, all I can think of as a surprise, Ariel didn't say the last dragon. Um, oh, as, no, I think the last dragon stands like, we, like a Cobra Kai last dragon, you know, kind of like vibe where you know, like it's um, we get to see it from Shonoff's perspective, we get to empathize, you know. Well, you can't do it because. Um, so you I know because uh, he, he is no longer with us, you know. But it seems yeah. like um, it was such a wonderful universe to explore. Well, you know what? So, so if we're if we're exploring the Last Dragon, I'm actually more interested in the adventures of Johnny and Taj. Oh yeah, that's fucking great. So you got it, Johnny. Like, and I I love Johnny. I love that he was a bullshitter. He yeah. like talk, he like talk big talk, and then he like psych, and then he got to run. So at the end, when he had his little his little nunchuck moment, how was his nunchuck moment, Len? Was he it was, fast enough for you? He was good because he had two nunchucks. He wasn't just <laughs> swinging around one nunchuck, looking looking all stupid. Yes, I would be down for that. that yeah, so I think I. I for me, I do think for Bruce Leroy, I don't necessarily need to see anymore. But like, I always wanted to know more about like Johnny and Taj and that relationship. I just loved it, and that's Ernie Reyes Jr. Yeah. Like, come on, mm, yeah. Ernie Reyes Jr. Oh, oh, Ernie Reyes oh, oh. Jr. and Ernie Reyes Senior, <laughs> not bad either. Because <laughs> he was because he was in Surf Ninjas, and I was like, that's their dad. <laughs> Okay. Zaddy. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> hey Google. <laughs> Show me Ernie Ray Zaddy. If it pulls up his his actual father based on what you just said, I I'm gonna die. Um it's like people have searched for this before. I know what you want. <laughs> I you know. Finish finish typing it in. The algorithm right. just wow, your man's is yoked. He's not cuter though. Anyway, uh, Spot Check News says, am I the only one missing the Snorks? I love the Snorks. I used to have little Snorks Snork toys. Cool. I Snorks were actually pretty cool. Uh, no, they weren't. Gabe, No, they have- were. Lynn is such a hater. Oh, my God. You, like, come into people's childhood memories and just stomp the fuck all over them. It's no, like, no, man. no, no, Ariel, you're, you're missing a step. He takes a hot, steaming taco shit all over your childhood <laughs> dreams and then stomps all over them to make sure it saturates into the fibers of the carpet. Um... Gabe. So you don't even deny it, because he know. <laughs> I'm not going um, to give the snorks any more uh, attention. Go ahead. I, I don't really have anything. My, I can't think of anything, because <laughs> I'm just like, so mediated out. 
<laughs> I'm like, what have I watched? I've watched so many things. Um, but I, I would say a, something that ended, I feel like, too early and is not coming back, and I know that, and I check anyway, is an anime called Death Parade. And I only had one season. And Death it's only Parade. an anime. It's, yeah. It's not a manga, so it's not like you could keep reading to find out what happens to them. It's literally right, just right. this anime, and they only gave it one season, and they teased out like some really deep stuff that could have happened next time, and it's just gone. It also has a really fun opening intro, which is like awesome. I listen to that all the time, and I just think, if only. <laughs> it's like it's a great premise of like when people die, they end up in this like median world where they have to play games and but it's more of like the the games are to figure out where they belong if it's like mm. heaven or hell and it, and it mm. forces them to flash back to their life and like confront some of the things that they've done and like it totally skews your idea of like what is good what is bad what are people um and like the people who are deciding how that goes and all the pol- politics of that and it was so cool and it was just like mm. <laughs> it was like it's done what's, what's the season? name of it again death parade death parade okay mm-hmm. super just look up the the opening music it's super fun <laughs> it's very silly and does not match the tone of the actual <laughs> show um but there's some really cool like stylings there's like one of the head of the the whole thing is like this really cool woman and i was just like yes why can't we have more of that <laughs> but i really can't think of it i was like have i ever watched anything <laughs> what, what have i ever viewed and cared about can't tell you <laughs> that's, that's cool now what about you sebastian i mean you're, you're a huge creator with you know is there anything you would like to see continued on picked up and let's do something i mean yeah there was you know we were talking about guy Ritchie earlier and um the movie Rock and Roller. I was going to say, that's such a I good have, one. I absolutely fucking love that shit. Those the, those scenes, especially now because um, I just like how unapologetically don't give a fuck some of the British movies are. Mm. And it, now and again, it's just like, oh, thank fuck for that. I can just have a, have a giggle and, um, and it just be as uh, br- brutally savage as possible. And I used, you know, it's wonderful in Rock and Roller, the scene where... All um, the hotties? There's so many... Yeah, apparently, apparently they were good-looking guys, yeah. But, you know, they, <laughs> it was um, like... They, tell me, tell me, tell me about the guys. Jenny. It was like, a, it was like, unless you ask, it was like a selection. It's like, okay, I could deal with a little Gerard Butler. Who doesn't like a little bit of that? Oh, you're gonna hit me with interest too? Oh, okay, great. I'm satiated. What? Is this Tom Hardy? And oh my God, high? Tom Hardy. I don't know what to do with myself. Love that Tom scene, Hardy. This, this scene between uh, Gerard Butler and Idris Elba talking about uh, Tom Hardy, if Tom Hardy made a pass at him, mm-hmm. even google it or you know youtube it whatever the fucking spoiler like, it's, it's hilarious yeah if you want to spoil, it's, it's hilarious but the but the, the other scene i loved was um um mark something or other was giving an instruction on how to give someone a slap and i've and it's really really fun and i've used it a couple of times to say you know i'm going to give you a slap now and it's going to sting and it's not going to be the front of the hand it's going to be the back of the hands and it and it and the and the confusion of someone's, um, you know, I sound like a, a psychopath, but um, they, they had a kind of. Um, <laughs> they yeah. had. <laughs> it, it, I mean, you got a backhand, motherfucker. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> it's hilarious because they're like, oh, you must be joking, and you just say it so calmly, and and, um, and if you can pull a British accent off too, it, it also helps. You know, yeah. I'm going to give you a slap, and it's going to sting. You know, um, but yeah, anyway, rock fuck all that rock and roller. It's um, wonderful. I miss those gangster movies. I miss them. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, Randy. I buried the share with Sebastian because we all know your okay. amazing sequel. This movie is going to make all of the money in the world. You ever see the movie uh, uh, Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension? Probably not. Um, all right. So it starred, <laughs> it starred Peter Weller. Oh. Uh, John Lithgow was in it. Crazy. Jeff Goldblum was in it. Uh, who was it? Christopher uh, Doc Doc Brown. Uh, what's his name? Christopher oh, Lloyd. Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd. Clancy um, Brown was in it as well. Clancy Brown was in it. Like oh, all these. Um, 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 oh, what's his face? Uh, Carl Lumbly was in it as well. Carl Lumbly was in it. Yeah. So uh, uh, Dan Dan Hayuda. Dan oh, Hayuda was in it. So Buckaroo Banzai is this is a scientist, rock and roller, doctor, and the Earth gets invaded by these black electroids. Blah 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 blah. End of the movie, right? It comes up on the screen. Uh, next uh, to be prepared next time for Buckaroo Banzai versus the World Crime League. Now, this movie did not make a whole lot of money, and so they never made the sequel. So I think they should make the sequel, right? And it's Buckaroo Banzai and all his people, and they're they're you know they're du- handling against the World Crime League, and the whole thing is is just kind of crazy. And even the World Crime League is too much for even Buckaroo Banzai and his and his uh, uh, Hong Kong Cavaliers. That's the name of his band slash sidekicks. So he has to get help, right? So he gets Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. He right. gets That's he crazy. gets Remo Williams from Remo Williams. The adventure continues. <laughs> He gets Tom Cody from Streets of Fire, <laughs> right? And it turns out the, the big reveal at the end is that the World Crime League is led by Kaiser Sose. <laughs> All of the money would get made. All of it. All of it. Now, best- I, added, I added a twist to this. Oh? Because, because at the very, very end, they need a little bit more help. So who who comes to help them? Dominic Toretto, the bride from Kill Bill, <laughs> and Jules from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> See, that's where that's what's it right there. The Jules. shark has jumped. We're making every dollar with this movie. <laughs> so so here's the the question, right? Because as as one of two of six people that you know knows the source material of that. How do we cast this film? Are we using 80-year-old no, 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 Peter no, no, Weller? No, 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 we... no. You got you to gotta recast the whole thing, but everybody shows up in the movie somewhere. Wait a like, minute. Have, wait, old Peter Weller shows up somewhere. Old uh, whoever the hell it was that played Tom Cody, I forget his name. Um, uh, and although you might have to cast uh, Kurt Russell as Jack Burton. And like, Sam, and, and, to, and yeah, yeah, Sam and Yeah, Sam and Kurt Russell have to show up as, as themselves. But how about, everybody else recast the whole thing. How about well, now Uma Thurman Buck, can show up. Yeah, yeah. How about Buckaroo Banzai gets caught in that eighth dimension, and it's the descendants of his band slash team of scientists that rally the troops to try to pull him out of that eighth dimension, so he can be Peter Weller too, along with the other big 
80s, 90s action stars that you named. Okay, that works. I mean, whatever. I'm just saying this movie needs to get made. And I think just on on nostalgia alone, this movie makes $100 billion and we retire. It's that simple. Well, you just put it out on the internet, so I'm going. I'm going full George Lucas on this. I'm not a screenwriter. I, I couldn't couldn't give you any dialogue on this. I'm just I'm just doing ideas. Just throwing ideas out there. Just, just throwing them out in the dark. See if it sticks. How does that yeah. idea sound to you, Sebastian? Um, you know, I, I I like to generally do my research and check source material, but it sounds um, very inviting. Hmm, I like that. I think, I think I think I'm in. I mean, as soon as you say, as soon as you say Jack Burton, uh, you know, exactly, I, dude. I exactly. mean, just, I mean, you know, I think, you know, it could be in the Gargoyles, could be in Rock and Roller. Jack Burton just shows up in any kind of anything sequel. in anything. I think we're, we've, we've got it made, you know, especially and considering he's a truck driver. You mean this is anywhere in the world. I actually I think we animate the whole thing that we don't have to worry about it. We did whole thing animated. We don't have to worry about how old anybody is. I, I Kurt Russell, I think, is quite a wonderful actor too. He's the greatest. I do. Kurt he? Russell is the greatest. He's, that he's man does not gorgeous. get the credit he deserves. I think yeah. his his peak performance was as Wyatt Earp in Tombstone. Yeah, Tombstone. man. A bunch yeah. of people in that in that film didn't get their laurels. The fact that Val Kilmer wasn't even nominated. No, he, he was nominated, but he lost out to. Um, Val? Yeah, he, I was watching this shit the other day. Like he lost out to someone. You were like, "This mother," like you know, <laughs> you know. I'm pretty sure he was nominated, but he didn't win. Because I, I was... love Kurt Russell, but I've never seen Tombstone. Oh, Tombstone. I mean, yeah, I've never seen it. I was gonna say, I was gonna say my favorite, I guess, like action role that I've seen Kurt Russell in was Breakdown. I really, oh, shit, I really good. love that movie. And then my favorite, like, comedy is Overboard with uh, Goldie Hawn. Yeah, Overboard is magnificent. Yeah, that, and so I love that he can do both so well, like, seamlessly. But I've never seen Tombstone. I have to go back. That's epic. Tombstone is... Oof. Mm. Um, mm. He did get nominated, and he lost to Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive. That's it. And I'm like, okay, That's yeah, all right. Yeah, dude, like Tommy yeah. Lee Jones does the same voice, like, eh, sports. He literally plays the same dude. And I want you to listen for every Tommy Lee Jones movie, and you will hear the word sport condescendingly <laughs> at the end of very uh, of various sentences. But that's the one where he where he nailed it. Like he's he's played uh that character in uh. everything since. Yeah, yeah, but like uh. it wasn't it wasn't a better performance than Valkyrie's. Yeah, I mean, Val Kilmer, Steve, I mean, Kurt Russell is good in Tombstone, but yeah, Val, it, Kilmer, it's Val, Kilmer. Val Kilmer was not nominated for Best Supporting Actor in Tombstone 1993. Oh, wasn't he? Oh, did I read that wrong? I'm sorry, I did. I did read that wrong. Johnny shit. He, 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 he should have been nominated. My bad. I was. Right. I read it, read it. Okay. Kennedy knows her Oscar. I mean, hey, listen, it's the, it's the Googles. It's the Googles. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure, but I didn't, I didn't know. I, I don't know. Like the who, who cares? Anyway, I think that's a great story, Randy. I think it's a wonderful story, a wonderful premise for a movie, wonderful premise for an animated movie, whether it be two D or or computer animated. It doesn't matter. I think either way, it would sell. I think all of these stories would sell, and I think even what makes these stories even great, 
even greater is that these are stories that, believe it or not, as wild as they may seem, that would fit within the world of Stranger Comics, which is <laughs> nicely done. Ooh. Someone called Dr. Obenga. He's got a new surgeon. <laughs> Someone called Tessica. We found a better surgeon for her. <laughs> Stranger Comics, which is a, a comic book company that was started by our very special guest today, Sebastian A. Jones, which is obviously is very important. Sure, obnoxious. Because he, he put it in, because in, we make our own titles, ladies and gentlemen, so he put that in there. He's like, oh, I'm Sebastian A. Jones. Um, There's another one out there, and I was like, what the fuck? I couldn't believe it. He must die. <laughs> there can only be one. There's another Sebastian Jones or another Sebastian A. Jones. No, there's another Sebastian Jones. He wrote he uh, he writes for Friends and some other shit. And I was like, oh, I've either got to be Seb Jones, which is kind of like Tom, you know, like right. punchy, like Tom Cruise, kind of like right. Rob Lewis, Tom Brad Pitt, you know, Seb Jones. But I'm not that fucking guy. So um, <laughs> I was like, I've got to be the Sebastian A. Jones, and that sounds so up my own ass. And I'm not really that guy either. But fuck it, you know, I'm writing. So I guess I'll stick with goddamn middle initial in. Yeah. I stick with my middle initial. I put it in there. I'll correct something that was like R. Oh, R, R dot. No, because for the same reason, there are multiple Ariel Johnsons. It's like, mm. and I'm not that bitch or that bitch. I'm this bitch. <laughs> so the R, look for the aura. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. Look for the aura, the hard R. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I'm just, I'm the only Len Web. So anyway, so Stranger Comics, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know, is they consider themselves an incubator or an aggregator of content developing and designing franchises for multimedia platforms. I'm just going to tell you that they do some fantastic comic books and uh, uh, children's books. They've got hardback, hardback comics, and it all seemingly came forth from the big brain on Sebastian. So, so Sebastian, I, I'm so glad to hear that your, your story with the, um, with the nail polish remover was not the origin <laughs> tale for all these, all these stories, but I'm wondering uh, what, what was it? Well, when did you first discover this uh, wild imagination inside of you that would soon become Stranger Comics. I mean, yeah, it's great. So I guess I started uh, creating fantasy worlds as a as a young chap growing up in England. Um, you know, playing Dungeons and Dragons and Warhammer and reading comics and those types of things. And did I you just find? I'm, I'm just. I'm always curious. Did you just find that stuff, or was that stuff that was introduced to you? by someone and and if so by who i i think the very first thing was going into a toy store when i was eight and i came across little miniatures mm -hmm. um and i started painting miniatures um you know uh with you know the citadel miniatures the warhammer right. miniatures and going what what are these characters from and then going from there to discovering um, uh, Tolkien's world. And then from Tolkien's world, going into Dungeons and Dragons and live action role playing and um, laughing like a crazy person since I was 12. Um, and 
and I developed, you know, started developing like the world of Asunder, basically this fantasy world uh, from around that age. So it's been with me for a long time. And I think too, you see, I'm, you know, growing up mixed and was in a, in a boarding house, a little bit of time in the boarding house. I think I was, I dealt with a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, aggressive behavior. Um, okay. And so I think I was looking for escapism. And so I was in the escapism of um, the fantasy world. It was an easy way to kind of play in those kind of landscapes. And then I credit the character Niobe that is probably the most famous one, you know, is she became kind of this um, uh, essentially kind of a, a weeping butter in a sense that I could kind of pour all of my hopes and my vulnerabilities and my ambition and my wrath onto her wing shoulders. And she called, I romanticized about this character. And I think also I made a mix like me and conflicted and confused and dealing with duality of spirit and, and all these wonderful things. And as, as kind of, and I wanted her to kind of make this make-believe world that was creating a better place. And so I, as I grew, she kind of grew with me and so did the world. And um, so it wasn't until many years later, I was playing a lot of D and D and running around in my, you know, mum's bathrobe wielding rubber swords and being a crazy person. I started stranger comics. I'd run a record label for a lot of years. Um, Put out like historical jazz and blues and old funk and old soul and that kind of stuff and then and then i had this idea for this character for this for this this character niobe and how to introduce her and i shopped this project called the untamed where you first meet niobe around to multiple uh publishing companies mm -hmm. what year and are we talking now we're talking like 2006 okay all right yeah 2006 i started shopping the, the idea because i'd run a record label for a lot of years and oh, you ran a record label yeah yeah okay were yeah. you 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 were the man behind the scenes or were you like an aspiring musician and you just found yourself behind the scenes because sometimes that happens um yeah no i i, I basically what i did is because i'm okay so in the thank you in the at school growing up, I think the thing that saved me, funnily enough, is discovering uh, James Brown, uh, Sail Out, I'm Black and I'm Proud at 12, 13, and becoming um, very aggressive. Um, you know, suddenly it was like a whole flip, right? And you became aggressive. The, the yeah, I became very, very, my, my dad was a bit of a gangster. And, um, and so I had all these kind of these, I was afraid of him thinking I was a coward if I didn't fight back. And, and then all of a sudden this whole, this whole th thing opened up very dramatically. And so, you know, I'd be, I'd have to fight. I, I mean, I laid out a teacher. I mean, it was very, very, it was a very severe kind of thing. Right. But without going down that rabbit hole too crazy. Um, when I, so when I start, so basically discovering this music, I was like, what the fuck's going on here? From 12, I started um, exploring everything to do with from james brown to hip-hop to blues to doo-wop to bebop to hard jazz free jazz modal jazz new orleans blues and so on yeah and and then i entered the record business when i was like 15 and i was a dancer at the biggest gay club in europe mm. so i just slipped that in there too <laughs> um, oh you just sebastian is just like 
Busy. I was busy. Sebastian <laughs> is one of those really like well-read novels that you can't really read the cover anymore because it's been handled so many times and the spine has been bent in so many ways you can't really read the title on that either but it has like bookmarks stuck exactly. in random places throughout the story that you can't just like be like oh what is this blue tab for what know, is there the largest yeah. gay cub in europe i, I gotta go yeah. back what did i miss and <laughs> you're like you're, you're like a, like a live you're like a human guy Richie movie dude. It's like oh, yeah. we'll get into that later. We're gonna, I tell yeah. you what, when you went to those clubs and I and I like the ladies, it was the perfect club to go to because mm. the ladies wanted to dance and I was a I could dance okay, you know. So that was fun. It was a lot of fun. Oh, um, I thought you meant like you were like a staff dancer at one of the clubs. Oh yeah, no, I was, and it was a great way to meet ladies. What? What? I didn't. I could only last. I, to be honest, I'm, I mean, I'm bullshit a bit. I didn't last too long because it was too um, treacherous. Like um, there was a lot of very large um, chaps that wanted to take me home, and mm. um, I'd have to be like, "No, I like, I like, you know." You know you want, yeah, I mean, you were I, was, I had to be ninja about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we may we, we may get to Stranger Comics next week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, but anyway, so well, I can't even remember. Oh yeah, two thousand and two thousand. So you don't uh, yeah, remember I mean, where the fuck you were in your crazy life? You know, like let me see. My father was a gangster. No, we were past that. Um, <laughs> I was aggressively oh. shouting Marcus Garvey quotes at white women across the street. No, it was after that. No, no that's after that. <laughs> you, 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 by the way, you've already been written into the movie. Just so you know. You're, you're, I beat my teacher's ass. Wait, no, that was, that was an hour ago. What? There was that time I shanked that vicar because he took my sweets. No, I, no, you no. know what? You know what? Sweets. It's speaking of Keith David. There's a great, my favorite <laughs> Keith David quote was that you never touch a man's French fries from Men at Work. Mm -hmm. Emilio Estevez and uh, what's his part? You know the other Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, yeah. I tell you what, I've had to. That's such a fun. You know, if someone's like, "Hey, I want to." Bust that out just to see how much Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez, Keith David knowledge they have. It's a great, it's a great thing to play with. Um, 2006, Stranger Comics. <laughs> but I, 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 see, I didn't want to run another company again because that shit is exhausting. The record business is quite um, uh, stressful, quite dangerous, quite, you know, there's a lot going on. Mm. So, um, so I was like, fuck it. I just want to write, create, write comic books. And I'd been creating this world. And so the first, the first story in this world is the untamed. I shopped it around and I, and a lot of companies I think were, um, some of them, some of them are cool. Um, you know, some of them are, are marginally cool and some of them are horrible. And, um, I felt like, they thought I was um, a guy with an idea like, oh, come in here, kid. And they wanted to give me bad deals and were very predatory. And um, and I'd been in business for so, so so long. And I think there was an assumption like, oh, he's got big hair and he is just a casual. There's a, there's a lot of like, you know, you could just see them reading me wrong and, and which I, I love. Um, and um, and I also could tell they wanted to get the ship because it was like, oh, this would make a great Black History Month announcement. So, you know, um, and I was like, I can't fuck with that. Uh, right, right. And I had to protect the integrity and, and the uh, vulnerability of Niobe and her innocence. 
and um, and the world, and I and I don't, and those motherfuckers, I I don't I don't like at all as people, you know, like so I was like fuck, I, I have to start straight into comics, and I was like oh my god, you know, and I I started this tale the Untamed, and that and the tale was really kind of a reflection of some of my own personal journey, right? Um, and I give you the I give you the pitch if you I and I literally have to, just. I have like twenty minutes because uh, I do a live at six p.m. You guys are more than welcome to jump on um, uh, uh, every Thursday at six p.m. Pacific, and I'll be um, murdered if I don't. Uh, so just so I want to give you the pitch of the Untamed, which is where you first meet Niobe, and this is the same pitch I I uh, give at conventions to HBO or whoever the fuck is. It's kind of a fun pitch. So this is the book, The Untamed. All right. So I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to give you kind of like a, a whiz to the world here. All right, All let's right. go, let's go. All right. So this is a story about a man who's stuck in purgatory. After 10 years, the devil comes along. He says, I'll give you seven days to reap the seven souls that murdered you and your family. He says, sign me up. I have nowhere else to be. That's done by the last of us artist, Young Tech Man. The guy takes a drifter's return out of purgatory to this fantasy world I've spent over 30 years creating. I should tilt the little like this. Now, my question for you guys is this. You see that guy down there with the two swords? Yes. You see what's holding him up? No. I'll give you a clue. It's in red. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. The hand of the devil. The hand right. of the devil. This guy takes a drifter's return, kind of like a Clint Eastwood Spaghetti Western or a Toshiro Mifune okay. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Art. Look at that artwork. My God. Yeah, he takes beautiful. a drifter's return out of purgatory to a one-horse town in a huge world. Now, as his memory comes back in broken shards, he realizes he was a bad man and maybe he deserved to die. But now he's on a path to save his family. On his path of vengeance to save their soul, he meets a little elven girl, and her name is... Niobe. Right. And she reminds him of how old his murdered daughter would have been had she lived, giving this man a second chance to be a good man or a father. But he only has seven days. The kicker is, what if Niobe is one of the seven souls he has to collect? And the hmm. devil set the whole thing up just to find her. Would wow. you damn your family to save the world? Or would you damn the world to save your family? Because if Niobe can stay alive in the untamed, seven days, seven souls, seven issues, because I'm English, I'm slightly obnoxious, I'm trying to be poetic. If Niobe can stay alive in the untamed, she will grow up to become my world's Luke Skywalker, the face of my whole franchise. Wow. That's how you build worlds. with that, bro. Thank you. And and there's two books there's of Niobe. Yes, so that's Niobe Shears' death. Now, that's the sequel to Shears' life. Shears' life, yeah. Um, Shears' life is, um, that's where she's conflicted, where she, she's going to go in the Shears' death phase and get all gnarly and crazy and, uh, and so on, or the Shears' life becomes Shears' spirit and eventually Shears' God. Now, Niobe Shears' life, uh, we did this with um, uh, Ashley A. Woods, and we, of course, have this incredible amalgam variant. Yes. Right? So Niobe Shears' life is... We had Viola Davis. Uh, didn't Amanda Stenberg uh, help? 
Yes, so Naomi She's Life is the first nationally distributed comic with a black female author, artist, and hero in the history of entertainment. So wow. Naomi is history, and there's Viola Davis's Ford right there. Oh. So this is a Beauty and the Beast love story threaded with murder and mystery that leads to war. But it's also about a young elven girl returning to her ancestors to find her faith. And Ashley A. Woods did the art in this. Now I'm going to show you some of this stuff right here. So you guys get a sense of all those same themes I showed you in the Untamed, right? So, so that is, there's the hand of the devil right there, always after her. Mm -hmm. That's the goddess of light up there. If you can see it, it's got a bit blurry, protecting her heaven, protecting our world's Messiah from the devil. So that is Niobe Shear's life. Now, Niobe Shear's life goes to Niobe Shear's death. Niobe Shear's death is where she becomes a badass bounty hunter, hunting down sex traffickers and slave traders to reflect our own black girls that get abducted. She becomes an icon. Oh. Then I'll have Niobe Shear's spirit to combine, essentially, her faith, her faith and her fighting. And then I'll finish with Niobe Shear's God where she'll bind nations against the devil, her father, the untamed. Oh, my God. No one else has theme music going through their heads? Whatever. No, no. My, uh, my theme music is way different right now. Now, I'll show you one other thing, guys, because um, I know Amalgam also rocks this. We rock this amazing um, variant of yep. Dusu. All right. Now, just so you know, um, Eric, I just made this. I did 50 copies of this. It's a matching one for the Untamed Still of Four. That's Unsil, the shaman in the Dusu book, the young shaman. Yes. That's okay. So now, Dusu. I'm going to show you something kind of fun right here. So these variant, these special edition heart of the hardcovers, I fuck with shit like this. Ooh, oh, that's dope. That's by Raheem Milton. I found this cat on Instagram. He does. Oh, because he has a Niobe version, right? I've seen he, the Niobe. He does. And it's in Australia yes. Reserve. And then this is going to be the new Niobe one as well. Sick. That is, that is sick. dope. And y'all can't see this, ladies and gentlemen, but it's some dope artwork being shown on the screen right now. And Dusu is a story about a man of the spirit of the jaguar deep within his soul. When the ancient spirit of the wolf comes hunting him, he has to risk unleashing his own inner beast and risk destroying the tribe he loves to save them. This is all painted like Frazetta. This is actually Niobe's tribe. She just doesn't know it yet. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Well, look at look at look at, look at the, the the spirit in the in the in, on yeah. The trees there. Yeah. Simba. Uh, in the in the, in the trees. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you. Let me ask you real quick because I know you're you're on a time crunch. So where, like, um, the, the world building is amazing. The world building that you, that you've got going is it's amazing. And and it uh, anybody looks at you and sees all that hair, they can understand where all this is coming from. So, but let me ask you, where did where did the idea to put such high-end production values into your work? Because I think as much of the, the world building is outstanding, I think the artwork and the presentation of your stuff just takes it up that uh, even a, a notch. And Thank for you. someone starting off a comic book company, even though you've done other companies before, 
other in business before, that's kind of like a high bar to reach. Why did you make that decision as opposed to going the a more traditional route? Um, I, I so I modeled Stranger Comics the same way I did my record label. It's like you, you, you can't compete. There's, there's, there's a couple of things I just think inherently is um, if you're going to take someone's four dollars to buy a comic book, that's that's a shitload of money. If you're going to take someone's yep. twenty dollars, it's a shitload of money. I and I and I think it um, as a creator, it is our absolute motherfucking responsibility to do the best shit we can. Otherwise, do something else. I'm a savage when it comes to that. I don't. I. I. I think what time. What and I, look. I'm. I don't want to sound like an asshole, but I think when you have an idea, whether it's a poem, a song, a video game, whatever, you got to treat it like a child, and the child needs attention. The child needs nurturing. You need to baby that shit. And and for me, also just, um, I modeled the company after three companies. One is. Uh, Tashin for presentation. Uh, mm, two, yeah. Blue Note Records for an iconic signature brand. Like if you mm. see Stranger Comics, you're like, oh, that's those motherfuckers. And three is HBO for the peerless storytelling. It's like, so I can't compete. I can't compete financially with um, Marvel or DC, or I can't compete with a lot of independents. But what I can do is honor the craft. And if I don't, if I'm not a good writer, I'll find a better writer. If I'm not a good artist, I'll find a better artist. And I think also for, uh, especially for for um, black and brown folks and, and and women, you have also have to understand when I started Stranger Comics, I you know I'm not rich and I I, I fucking slept down in my car. I've done a lot of shit that people just don't have the assumption. They go like, oh, he's this dude, right? So I so I try to raise money and everyone's like back in 2006 we talked about um it's like wait you're doing a comic where is a female as the lead of your whole franchise that's your spider-man women there's not enough women that read comics lies oh, right oh, you're doing magic. you're doing um you're doing a comic where it's a black a black hero is the spider-man of your franchise there's not enough black people that read read comics falsehoods oh, Sorcery, fantasy. Every there are comics is reserved strictly for capes, you know, capes and tights and thrilling noirs, and all fantasy comics, as far as a world generally fails. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do all three of these fucking things, and I'm and I want to do it in a sense that I want someone who has um, never been or or hasn't seen themselves enough reflected visually and go, that's my shit. And I will sit it on the coffee table with pride or the mantelpiece with pride. This is me. And I feel like, Ooh, like that, that thing, because otherwise to me, it's just auto tune. And for me, that shit sounds like tin and I can't fuck with it. That's just, and that's just me. And I think there's a, there might be a place for everything, but coming from the business I do, I also understand motherfuckers that run companies that have um, honest agenda, like real, devilish agenda so for me all i can do is the best i can do and and i'm in the lab writing i don't know if it's fucking any i mean i think it's the shit but i don't know if it's any good right 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 i'm just doing the best i can so it behooves me to get the best art so if someone comes to the the, the booth and goes like and i have 
you know, sometimes elders grab me going, don't give up young man and please do this. And young, you know, I mean, that, that is, that to me is why I, I do this stuff and I, I can't think of anything else otherwise. Now that's what's up. That's what's up. Niobe, uh, Niobe, ladies and gentlemen, you, you heard him tell you that is like the, the, the number one, character from stranger comics it starts with untamed it goes to niobe there's uh, tons of uh, books there you can catch them all at uh, strangercomics.com niobe she is life it's on sale now right at strangercomics.com so is niobe she is death on sale now at strangercomics.com can't get there go to a malcolm comics and coffee house get the, you, you got the two two People right there. You got the comic book Jedi and the head muckety muck at Amalgam Comics right here on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Check them out at AmalgamPhilly.com, uh, and that's where you can check out Stranger Comics. And if you think that's not enough, you can also check out Stranger Comics. Um, let me show you where else you can you can get there. You can go to check it out in the. Access Guide to the Black Comic Book Community 2021, which drops February 17th. You can order that now, comicbookaccess.org. Find out about all the Black comic book professionals and companies in this fantastic community. Uh, and there's a lot of great stuff, but there's few that is like Stranger Comics. I'm telling you right now, man, I, I look through your stuff, and it is some amazing stuff. And I do not, as they told you, I'm noted as a hater. You don't like nothing. Fred hates I don't everything. Like hates everything. I hate everything. He hates everything else, dude. <laughs> Yo, but your your shit is 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 slick as shit, man. I love Thank it. Thank you. I, I mean, there, and there's some. Here's the thing too: is there? I think there's just some absolutely incredible creators out there, and I think the hardest thing when you have the big two. You know, you it, it that we didn't do Niobe to be like, oh, we're going to be the first. I don't, you know, you just do it to do it, right? Right, right. And um, but it astounded me. I was like, no, that's uh, that's got to be crazy. Like even when we did, uh, I don't know if it's on the table here, but we did when we did the Niobe Shears death, um, you know, book, right? So we've got like this sim, this here, ironically was um, like. We did this symbol here because we, we go into a lot of depth, right? So this this symbol here where she's closing her fists is literally in answer to this where she's opening herself up to receive the goddess of light, faith, the concept of faith. And then when she finds out what's going on, she closes her fists to say, fuck this, I've got to armor up. And then that was about a year before Black Panther came out. So as everything was in the zeitgeist, um, but, but to really play with those checks and balances and and have hopefully stories that resonate um, on a real fundamental kind of spiritual level in addition to some like, oh, that's just some cool fucking great fun adventure, but try and have uh, layers and layers. And, and, it, and it does astound me that because there are such great creators and have been have been great creators that have put out wonderful material. And it's like, oh, it's very difficult to get into diamonds and um you know, um, and um, so, so yeah, I'm very blessed to work with people far more talented than me at Stranger Comics. You know, that's cute. That's cool. I know you're going to have to get out of here real, real soon. But uh, two things before you do. Um, 
you you may not be aware of this, but on the weekend of April 16th through the 18th, the Black Tribbles, we are going to be going for the Guinness World Record World's Longest Podcast at 60 hours. We are, it's going to be insane. Uh, we're going to have tons of fun. We're going to have a live rap cypher that's going to be going on. We've got all the rappers line, lined up to do that. We're going to have some... Um, uh, original live dramatizations. Um, we're going to have some eating contests, and we also plan to definitely be doing some role playing and some uh, uh, there. And we would love to be able to to. Uh, he means he means gaming. He doesn't mean he doesn't to the sixty hours. He means he means gaming role playing to be specific. <laughs> who uh, went there with that? Cause, cause I did. I was like, "Whoa! I didn't sign up for. I just met this man. That's a lot." <laughs> I, mean, I, I, would have, I would have signed up. Either any any kind of uh, role you want to play, you know. Oh. Is to you know, I can bring back the yeah. old nineties uh, dance vibes. You know. <laughs> nice. Uh, hey, hey. I feel oh, like man. I sound like uh, I feel like a- I sound like such an obnoxious dick talking about like, oh, I'm this this and the other guy, but. Um, no, but I'm, I just got to be honest. I'm very passionate about about what we about um, the material. Um, Note to self: Sebastian <laughs> is down is DTD down to dance. <laughs> down to dance. That's right. All That's right, we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna make it happen. DTD. And before we get you out of here. Yeah. Before we get you out of here, Sebastian, we got to induct you into the Tribble Nation. It is not official. Until you take the triple oath of allegiance. So to lead you in said oath of allegiance, I think it's only fair that you you came to us by way of your connect with Tribbledom, the uncanny Tribble, Bruce Leroy Tribble herself, Ariel Johnson, to lead you in the triple oath of allegiance. All right. So you're ready? Uh, yes, I'm ready. All right. So you just repeat after me. I am a triple furry. I am a triple true. I am a triple furry. I am a triple true. From the way I roll to the way I coo. From the way I roll to the way I coo. So shall it be done. Welcome to the Triple Nation. Please give us your name. Um, I am Lockstock and Two Smoking Tribbles. Nice. I love that you went like British AF. I love it. AKA FADM Tribble, AKA can you narrate the phone book to me? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do a Tribe Called Quest one. I saw Bran at a Taken because we do an IOB. Oh, snap. Yeah. I'm uh, working on it, Randy. I'm working on it. We do this. Oh, and you did both of them. Yeah. We've got a Niobe Biggie a variant. Oh. I don't know if I've seen the the Biggie. What? I don't think I've seen it. I I saw both uh, Tribe Called Quest, but I don't think I saw Biggie. Yo, I I, I just heard my nipples get hard. What the <laughs> hell? Speaking, Those things are speaking beautiful. Of, speaking of hearing things. Oh. oh. I like that. That's dope. Yeah. Bruh. 
And and the uh, what's crazy is the cosplayer, the lady that cosplayed this. This is her daughter. So this is Navi Shear's life. And we did uh, She Tribe called Niobe as opposed to A Tribe called Quest. Dawnlight Dreamers as opposed to Midnight Marauders. And uh, these are actually runes on her butt that say Shear's life down here and our uh, magic language. So we do a lot of fun stuff. And we also do stuff like this too, which is the Black Panther Fantastic Four homage. Yeah. Variant. Yeah, I did. I saw that. that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, all sorts of. Shut up, Duke. <laughs> What's up, Duke? There's all sorts of fun stuff. That's so cool. You got both. <laughs> Duke, Duke is Duke over Farm. here flexing. And we've Duke got the New York Comic Con version of this in the blue font. Duke, if you go to the if you go to the Stranger Reserve, the password is Arukas. A R U K A S. DM me on Stranger Comics Instagram because um, I, I suck at everything else pretty much. But yeah. <laughs> and NC Van Harris said, Did someone say dancing? Yo, <laughs> just plucked from the ether. Plucked from the ether. No one said anything about Steve tonight. And here he come. I remember <laughs> some... Steal your girl. Did, did you know, um, <laughs> do, you, do you remember that? Um, you see, so you guys have seen Insecure, right? Um, the, the show yeah. the, so yeah. they're. So the showrunner, Apprentice, uh, is my uh, executive producing partner at HBO with our, our, our show. And that's um, my alarm going off to say, you, you better hurry up. Anyway, it's set in Lamert Park, and that's where I also used to have a lot of dance-offs. And I remember having a dance-off in the circle in Lamert Park, but they won't remember, with uh, the Black Eyed Peas back in the 90s. So, Whoa. yeah, fun, fun stuff. You Lamert have lived quite a life, sir. Quite right? A life like, for real. <laughs> All right, well, you, you've booked yourself for a return visit. We know you've got to go to do your live. So thank you for taking the time to, to talk with us in the Triple Nation, Sebastian. It's been a great time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks a lot, man. Thank, thank you. Appreciate it. Cheerio, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. Cheerio. Right. Cheers. Thanks a lot. <laughs> that was fun. That was a fun show, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it was earlier than usual for all of you people chiming in at 9 o'clock. What do you mean y'all leaving? We've been here since 7.30. <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> Len, I got to show you something cool, though. I got to show you something very cool. I just got this today. Um, and shout-out to the Taino Tribble, Rags Morales. He just sent me that. <gasps> wow! That for those on the podcast, that's a uh, Rags that Morales pencil drawing of Mr. Terrific by Rags Morales of uh, Mr. Terrific uh, head, and it's amazing. That is oops. for this. Wow, the disrespect! Yeah, no, no, I hit the wrong button. I hit the wrong button. Oh, that's my fault. Oh, <laughs> you never tell. That's yeah. really cool. I like yeah, the dude. fact that it's a it's a high density, not high density, high definition sketch. Yeah. And I say this because the only other like high HD versions of Mr. Terrific I've seen are all Alex Ross and all of his black people look exactly the same. So to see, you know, a, a oh, yeah. pen, like a sketch of, of Mr. Terrific not look like literally any other black man in comics is just Yo, so cool. Rags is like that, man. Rags Rags is Rags can make will make Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent look different. And a lot, a, a lot of artists like they have like the almost exact same head and everything, and maybe like a little different hair thing. He's got mm -hmm. a very different look for for everybody that he does. And he did his uh, 
he's uh he did a thing at the end of the year where he's like hey i'm doing i'm doing busts you know if you get your your suggestion in soon enough i'll i'll, I'll take care of one for you and i was like mr terrific must have it so i just came so in cool. today so i gotta frame that hell yeah excited. yeah you do yeah you do do it right man treat it right all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get out of here. It's going to be an early evening for the Tribbles, but um, we, we might have to do 7.30 again, ladies and gentlemen. I have never seen the whites of Ariel's eyes on this show before. She is, <laughs> she is, I, <laughs> I'm sleepy by then. Come on, give me a break. 7.30, 9 o'clock, we getting, you know, well, you know what? down. We don't do radio anymore. We can, we can do this when we want now. So um, we can just rock out. Um, but we will be back next Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, at our regular time, 9 p.m., streaming to you on YouTube and Facebook. If you like the show, go and find it on blacktribbles.com. It's where any place and every place that you find podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Radio. <laughs> All those good places. Uh, and don't forget to like and follow us on all the social media. Subscribe on YouTube to Black Tribbles. Uh, you can check out each and every... I mean, we're getting out of here. Uh, for, for the horror Tribble, for the storm Tribble, for the uncanny Tribble, for the never, ever, ever, would I ever forget, the super Tribble, and for... <laughs> The other triples that ain't here, and for the new lock, lock stock, stock, and, and two smoking, smoking triples. You know, I was ready to go car, uh, carpe diem triple because, like, like all the best, aka carpe diem triple, aka rock and roller triple, aka pitch god triple. <laughs> yeah, like it, yeah, right. it, it already comes in with an aka. Um, by the way, did you anybody see the gentleman yet? Guy Richie's newest, John. Yo, that shit's hot. Okay. Okay. All right, we're done. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> In parting, we say... Hailing frequencies close, Captain. <laughs> <laughs>